This is the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brinda. Hey everybody, Greg Brinda here, and welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Well, the NFL Combine is come and gone. Yeah, another, another circus event, as I call it, for the National Football League. First of all, let me tell you about the NFL. The NFL has done a marvelous job of keeping itself on the front page of the uh, sports section, well, that's if you still read a newspaper, but on the front page of all of the sports internet sites and what they do in the offseason. My, uh, my deepest regards to the NFL for doing this. You know, once the Super Bowl is over with, you think, well, there's really nothing going on until the draft. Well, here in Cleveland and in other places, we talk about the draft uh, before the season is over with after the season is over with, and for months leading up to the draft. And although the NFL Combine has been there for a while, it's been there for a good while, now it's become, well, next to sliced bread. A must-have if you're having the NFL sandwich of life. So this year's Combine has come and gone from Indy. The Browns' brain trust was there. Fans across Cleveland Browns fandom watched the Combine because, I don't know, I think there was a run on stopwatches at Dick's just to see uh, with their own eyes if they could find that secret, that secret something out there about the guy that they want the Browns to pick at number one and number four. You do know the Browns have the first and fourth pick this year. Well, after watching... A very little bit, but reading all that I needed to read, discerning what all that I needed to discern, guess what? It's still as muddied as it has ever been before. And I've tweeted more than once, as the days mount, as the days go by, as we get closer to the NFL draft at the end of April, April 26th to be exact, more and more, in my estimation, Browns fans' heads will explode no matter who they pick at number one. Because clearly, this combine settled absolutely nothing. What it did do was give a little more information on all the top picks, a little more information on the top four quarterbacks. One of those, in all likelihood, unless the Browns do something bizarre, and we'll get into that in a moment, will be the number one pick in the draft. Some people like Sam Darnold, who, by the way, didn't throw at the NFL Combine. Some people like Josh Rosen. Some people like, well, the guy that um, uh, (laughs) beat Ohio State. I'm just going to leave it at the guy that beat Ohio State. And a lot of people like the cannon, the arm of one Josh Allen from Wyoming. So those are your still four quarterbacks that are at top of mind. Everybody has their favorite. Not one of these guys really, really went to the head of the class. You'll read some people that say, without question, Sam Darnold is the best. He's the most ready to play. Some people will say, well, let's let's go a bit further. Let's go with a Josh Allen who can sling it far. Far and more far. 
Well, other people look at Mr. Baker as a franchise quarterback. Other people look at Josh Rosen from UCLA. People were wondering, is he just a rich kid that, well, may not be all into football? Allah, you know who, who was here. So all of their best stuff was on display for the most part, except, as we said, Sam Darnold did not throw. And all of their faults was on display. Now, now what has to happen is the Browns' brain trust has to sift through all of this and decide, at the end of the day, which one of these guys will be the franchise quarterback. Now, you might be really pessimistic and say, Greg, maybe none of these guys will be a franchise quarterback. You know what? You may be right. But here's where we have to roll the dice. One of, at least one of these four, at least one of these four guys will be the franchise quarterback. I'm taking that gamble. One out of four, 25%, a quarter worth. One of these guys has to be it. And the Browns have that pick above everyone else. They will decide who will be the franchise quarterback. Now, all they have to do is make the right decision. Many of you, and I'm, no, let me rephrase that. All of you have your own opinion on who the Browns should pick. Let me emphasize, and I've emphasized this over and over again, it really doesn't matter who you like. I'm not going to give you who I like. Because, didn't I just say, it really doesn't matter who you like or I like. The only thing that matters is that the Browns like that guy and, at the end of the day, he is the guy. Now, if that guy isn't the guy, a year or two or three or four years from now, you're going to be calling sports talk shows and going, well, the Browns blew it again. See, they didn't pick my guy. Okay, pat yourself on the head and go give yourself, you know, a beer. Good for you. Guess what? You're not making that decision. Do I think the Browns will make the right pick? I certainly hope so. Do I know they'll make the right pick? I have no idea. And neither do you. And you have no idea that your guy that you like at quarterback is a guy that will be the guy. You know, Josh Allen, terrific, terrific arm. He, it was on display. Sam Darnold, like I said, didn't um, throw, but he will throw shortly. Baker Mayfield said all the right things, talked a great game. Josh Allen with an amazing arm. And then we have the sleeper quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, won a Heisman Trophy two years ago, who some people now really, really like, and other people say, eh, no. Won't even be a first-round quarterback. I don't know. I kind of like him, but again, my opinion doesn't count, and neither does yours. You can have that opinion, and you can stomp your feet when your guy isn't picked by the Browns. 
And I don't know, you can say, hey, I'm going to be right. We'll show you. Folks, it is about time that the Browns found their quarterback, find their quarterback. It's been forever. You know how long forever is? Well, just think about it. So the question is, will these guys make the right decision? I certainly hope so. Because if, in fact, they don't make the right decision, well, we're going to have more of the same. So most of us are pretty used to what we've been getting, which isn't a whole lot, which been, which has, for the most part, been lousy football. And we'll just have more of it. Now, the wild card in all of this is Saquon Barkley, the running back from Penn State, who just had an outstanding combine, who has gone to the top of the charts for some teams. A lot of Browns fans are going, but Craig, why can't they pick a running back at number one? Well, you could pick a running back at number one. The problem with that is that although a really, really good running back helps, and the Browns have picked running backs at number one, they picked a pretty good one in 1957 by the name of James Brown, or we call him Jim Brown. By the way, Jim Brown played from 1957 through 1965. Question, how many championships did Jim Brown win? Answer. One. I can give you a list. I can give you a litany of great running backs who didn't win any championships. That's not to to, uh, diminish or dismiss all that they bring to the table. Because a good solid running game just helps everything. But folks, at the end of the day, I heard a conversation uh, just a while ago. Green Bay Packers. Who are their quarterbacks of late? And why did they go to the Super Bowl? New England Patriots. Who's been that quarterback for how many years? Brady something. And how many Super Bowls have they gone to? Pittsburgh Steelers. They went to the Super Bowl because of whom? Big Bad Ben. Throw in the Mannings, Peyton, and Eli. You see where I'm heading here, folks. Again, not to diminish diminish and dismiss. Maybe dismiss, dismiss will be a new word. I think I'll use that. The play of Saquon Barkley. It's truly a gem. Yet there are still some NFL people who don't even put him in the class of Ezekiel Elliott, who really to some degree, drives the ship for the Dallas Cowboys. But without the quarterback play of Prescott, they really aren't going anywhere either. You know who the most recent number one pick at running back for the Browns was? Should I remind you? It was Trent Richardson in 2012, which may have been one of the worst picks ever by the Browns. And they have made a lot of bad picks, folks. A lot of bad picks. How about run William run William Green in 2002, number one pick. Folks, in 1992, the Cleveland Browns picked number one, 
first round pick, I should say. You know who their first round pick was? Running back, touchdown Tommy Vardell from Stanford. How did that go? Now you might say, but Greg, the Browns picked Eric Metcalf number one in 1989. Oh, we loved Eric Metcalf. What an electrifying runner he was. Helped the Browns in 1989. I don't remember any Super Bowls with Eric Metcalf in the backfield other than Metcalf up the middle. In 1984, in the USFL supplemental draft, the Browns selected Kevin Mack as the number one pick. But remember, that was the supplemental pick. And the Browns were getting Bernie Kosar. So who do you think was more important there? And again, not to downgrade at all Kevin Mack. Bernie Kosar or Kevin Mack? And again, we can go on and on and on. Mike Pruitt, Greg Pruitt. Greg Pruitt was picked in 1973. It wasn't the number one pick. You know who that was? Steve Holden, wide receiver. That didn't really work out so well. He was, you know who the next pick was? A guard from Southern California who the Browns thought was going to be a guard for the Browns for at least 10 years. Pete Adams. How did that work out? Not so well. And as I said... You go back to 1957, when the Browns picked perhaps the greatest player in the history of the National Football League in Jim Brown, yet Jim Brown won just one championship, and that was in 1964. So here we are. We still have many, many weeks to go before the NFL draft. There will be many, many more mundane conversations about what the Browns should do. Again, it really doesn't matter to me, or it really shouldn't matter to anyone else, who the Browns pick at number one. Just as long as it's the quarterback. And the quarterback had better better be right. Or again, we are in store for more of the same. So we'll see what happens. We'll see, and that's the thing that's most curious to me, just who do the Browns designate as that guy? There's four guys out there. I'm really interested to see who their guy is. Not my guy, not your guy, but their guy. Because you know what? Their guy's going to play. Your guy may not. My guy may not. So it really doesn't matter. Before we leave, let's turn our attention a little bit to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who amazingly, again, are struggling. Yeah, they're struggling. Why? Because same thing is rearing its ugly head. Not good enough defense. Not because they... I, don't, I, I think the effort is there in trying to play sound defense. It's just that the defensive sets are just kind of wacky. And Ty Lue is trying to figure out a rotation. He hasn't done that yet. And it's hard when Kevin Love is not in the lineup. He will be in the lineup, maybe sooner rather than later. It appears maybe that his injury timetable has moved up. 
which would be a good thing for the Cavaliers, but now they have Tristan Thompson with a severely sprained ankle. Major swelling. He could be out for a while. Now, it's not like Tristan Thompson is the be-all, end-all, because in all candor, the Cavaliers win more games when Tristan is not playing, is not starting, is not on the floor. Now, that reduces the number of players that Ty Lue can play, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe right now shortening that rotation to limited availability is something that the Cavaliers really, really need. Again, and I know this sounds redundant, and it is, I still, still have major questions about Ty Lue. I really do. I just don't know if he can coach these guys up to be where they need to be. I don't know if he can get the most out of these guys. And every game that passes, every day that passes, nothing that he does, nothing that the team does, makes me think that things are going to be on the right path. Now, again, I'm glad they made the trades at the trading deadline. The team is better. They have a better group of guys. But it may not be enough. And it may not be enough because the coach is unable to get the most out of these guys. And depending on how it's all how it all ends, really is going to tell a story about the future of this franchise going forward, maybe without a Ty Lu. But we'll see. Right now, there's a lot on his plate. He's got to figure it out. Cavs have 20 games left to get this done. Because, folks, let me tell you, sooner rather than later, the postseason's going to be here. And then we'll see where the Cavs are when that begins. Looking forward to that, I think. I think. Just get Kevin Love back. I think the Cavaliers will be in a better state. But boy, oh boy, they better play much, much better defense. So there you have it. A look at the Browns at the Combine and look at the Cavs as they head towards the postseason. And thanks for listening to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Subscribe, rate, and return for more with the Dean.